For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I once came across a story of a group uh, that was hiking up a mountain, and it was a, a multi-day hike. Uh, and they, they started up from the parking lot uh, really, really cordially, um, pleasantly, uh, polite. They were kind to each other. Um, but as they set out on this multi-day hike, what they didn't realize was that the group leader had intentionally left behind most of the food and the sleeping bags. And, and as they continued to hike, they, they realized this pretty quickly, but they continued on. And there's this contrast that happened from the first day where, where they're allowing each in front of them and they're being really kind and nice to each other to the, the last day of the hike where they're returning uh, from, from, you know, from this arduous journey and where they're, they're cold, they're tired, they're hungry, they're grumpy. And, and you can see they're, they're curt with each other, they're angry with each other, they have short words for each other. Um, they're cutting in front of each other. They're not really speaking. And they get back to the parking lot, and the group leader has, uh, has this object lesson, and he then begins to walk them through this. He set it up over a few days where he, um, he talks about how um, it's really easy to be kind and speak nicely when, when we're comfortable and when we're well-fed and when things are going well in our life. But you strip away some of those veneers, some of the politeness, um, some of the, the comfort around us and the cushion, um, and you begin to expose kind of what's really going on in our hearts. And so he, he said, you look at the way that you're treating people from the beginning of the hike to the end of the hike, and it's exposed something about what's truly going on in your heart and the way they view other people. Um, we pick up the text here in uh, Matthew chapter 12, starting in verse 33, where we want to talk about um, sort of the heart and what comes up out of it and what's really there. Um, verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. So there's a direct connection. Jesus is saying, and he talks about fruit a lot. It's, a, it's a, an imagery that Jesus often comes back to. That there's a direct connection between the health of a tree and the fruit. And if you want to produce good, healthy fruit, you don't focus on the fruit itself. You don't focus on the apple. You focus on the health of the tree. And going even beyond that, you focus on the health of the soil. The, the fruit simply is, is sort of the language that, that bears the truth of what's really going on in the tree. Uh, verse 34, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Jesus again is talking to the religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees probably the Sadducees as well. And uh, as it fits into the context, we see that these Pharisees continue to try and trap Jesus. They call Jesus the devil, um, and they're, they're plotting his death. And so they're pretending, on the out, they're looking on the outside through their actions and through sort of these acts of holiness that they're good people that God is happy with. But then Jesus sees the fruit that's actually in their lives and the way they're speaking about him and what's really going on under the surface bears evidence that the, the tree at the root of their heart is wicked and it's, it's distorted and it's evil. The good person out of the good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Um, he, Jesus is painting this image like we all have this, uh, this, this chest, this treasure chest. 
and you can only hand out to others that which you have in it. And so if you have evil in the treasure chest, that's all you can hand out to other people. If you have good in it, then that's what you're going to be giving to other people as well. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Um, that, that word careless doesn't just mean swear word. Um, it's not just a curse. It's idle words. It's lazy words. It's useless words. It's that kind of speech. Speech which is unprofitable. Speech which is useless. And uh, it's kind of a frightening thought of accountability here that that we are going to be judged on the words, the everyday words that we speak. Not just what we say to God in prayer. The everyday words that we use for each other. For by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned. Again, we come to a bit of a difficult, difficult verse, especially when we understand that the greater counsel and theology of Scripture that we are justified by faith, not through our actions or our deeds, but by faith, you know, so that none of us can boast. And we understand that. But Jesus is also saying there's something here about being justified by our words. And it brings me to Romans chapter 10. I think an important insight into maybe what Jesus is trying to say here too. Um, because if you confess with your mouth, Romans 10, 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there's this confession, these words are mouth that Jesus is Lord, right? Not Caesar is Lord. It's the denial of other uh, gods in our life and that Jesus is, is actually king. Jesus actually is in charge. Jesus is actually the one that we submit and surrender to. But there's something about confessing with our mouth and believing with our hearts. Meaning, to go back to what Jesus is saying about... The good tree bringing good words out that that confession isn't just a mantra it's not just a way to trick god it's not just a ticket if we just say the right words then god has to let us in but that confession of our mouth those words uh, needs to be an expression of what's really going on in our hearts um, believe in our hearts and so the words need to be true to what's truly going on in our hearts it's said that when a cup is bumped, uh, that what is inside splashes out. And so you go back to the story of the hike, and you can cover over and hide what's really going on in your heart and how you view other people until you're bumped, until you're rattled, until you're hungry and thirsty and frustrated and tired, and then what's really comes out, you're bumped. Then what really comes in your heart comes out. And so you think about not those times when when you're able to, to sort of coast through life and things are great and how you treat other people. But when you're in pain, when things aren't going your way, when, when you're hungry, when you're grumpy, when you're tired, when your kids are on your nerves in the middle of the night, what comes out of you then? That's in some ways the fruit that gives evidence to what kind of tree is actually growing. It said that each day with the words that we speak, we could fill the, an average of a 60-page book. It's a scary thought to have the words that you say immortalized on paper, but if someone was to read the book that you write each day, and that's all they had, what would it tell them about the state then of the tree that is your heart? That's the fruit, and if they're only tasting the fruit, what would it say about the state of your heart? In James uh, 1.26, we're told that we need to keep a tight 
rain on our tongue, that there, there's a, um, a discipline for us that we need to be on top of, that we need to, it's like a, a bit, we need to bridle it, we need to control it. But um, I think we, we know from experience and also in Scripture that we don't change the fruit, right, which is the words that we speak by simply focusing on the fruit. We need to get deeper to the heart of the matter. In order to change the fruit that comes out, we need to focus on the tree, we need to focus on the soil, we need to focus on the heart in order to change the fruit. And in order to change the tree, I think the big thing we need to really focus on is what do we love? See, the Pharisees would say, you know, that they were God's people and they would proclaim that, that they're the ones that, that God's favor was being poured out on and, and they were uh, worthy of leadership and, and they would proclaim that they were good. But then Jesus is saying, look at the fruit of your lives. We're actually plotting to kill me. What does it have to say about how your heart is actually, not just, uh, not just the show you put on? We need to change what we love. Is it, is it ourselves? Is it our own control? Is it our own power? Is it someone else in our life? Is it our job? Is it our money, our house? What do we actually love? And, and, and if, those, if that's what's really going on in the tree, then, then our words will, will bear witness um, to what's really going on. So, um, dear words really show. When you think, look at the book that you write, those 60 pages a day, <clears throat> do your words show that you're a forgiven sinner who's been shown undeserved, amazing grace? Do your words bear witness that that's what's gone on in your life? Can people get that simply by eating the fruit from your words? Do your words show that you are commanded to love others by your Lord and to put their needs ahead of your own? Can people tell that? Do your words show that you have a sovereign Savior who loves you, who cares for you, who walks with you and has plans for you? Do you trust Him? Do your words show that you have the Spirit of God dwelling inside you transforming you into a new person. And if you look at that fruit, beyond just the, the assumption of, hey, me and God were good, because that's what the Pharisees did, you look at the actual fruit, here Jesus says, of our words, how does that line up with what we can't see, which is the deeper heart? And if there's an inconsistency there, it doesn't not just a matter of trying to change the behavior in the words, it's maybe a, a, an examination of, wait, okay, if my words don't line up with those statements, then maybe, maybe, maybe I need to refocus on what I love. And I need to get a deeper focus looked at Jesus so that Jesus transforms my heart because I love him more than other things. I love him more than my own power. I love him more than my own comfort. I love him more than my own whatever it might be. And as we develop a deeper love for Jesus, and as we grow in that, then we begin to actually transform, and the words that come out of our mouths will actually change as a consequence. And so, thankfully, um, our, our ultimate judgment of salvation doesn't come on just the, the, the pages that we write with our words. That our, our ultimate justification comes through the confession of faith and trusting in Jesus. And it's a matter of, do we truly trust in Jesus? Are we truly in faith? And, and the fruit of that is, is shown in our lives. And so, uh, the question today comes down to, what do you truly love? And is there evidence of that in the fruit of your words? I mean, if you see an inconsistency in the fruit... 
then maybe it's time for you to sort of prayerfully say, Jesus, I want to see you more clearly. And as the old pun goes, or the old expression, I want to love you more dearly. Um, And as we do that, as we focus on him, as we focus on trying to love him more, then the fruit will transform and people will see um, by our words, and God will see by our words, that our confession is true, that we do confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Christ is Lord, that he's in charge, that he loves us, that he's sovereign, he's in control, that we are forgiven, and that we are transformed anew. Let's pray. God, we thank you that, uh, that you do want to transform us. Help us um, to realize that, uh, that maybe our trees need some work, that we can potentially put out some Nice-looking fruit when things are going well in our lives, but what is truly going on in our hearts is what happens when, when we're rattled, when we're anxious, when we're nervous, when we're angry, when we're scared. And that exposes what's going on in our hearts, God, and that you want to change that. Help us to surrender that to you and really cut to the core of what we love. And may we, may we, we deepen that central core love for you so that it changes everything about us, including the words that we speak the fruit that our lives bear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hope you have a great weekend. Talk to you again soon. Take care.